This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Monday the 6th of December 2021. And last week, Omicron was declared as a variant of interest by the World Health Organization. But Norman, it was a little bit like if you were like in a ye olde sailing boat and someone up in the crow's nest and they're yelling, land ho, like you can see that it's there, but you can't see much about it. Well, we've been sailing towards Omicron for a week now. So would you do me the honour, Norman, of taking this spyglass and just looking and telling us what we're seeing about this land that we're being swept towards uh, that is called Omicron? Well, lots has happened. Um, from a virus we had not heard about, or at least a variant we had not heard about just a few days ago, it's now spread around the world. 40 countries, probably more than that, just not every country has the ability to recognise it. And lots of concern around the world, borders being thrown up um, against people coming from South Africa and other travellers as well. Stricter testing before you can get into countries like the United States um, and in states like New South Wales, restrictions on having to be isolated after you come in for 72 hours with quite severe penalties. So there's a lot of anxiety around. South Australia almost closed its borders at the weekend and then didn't. Everybody's twitchy. So talking about being twitchy, we will come to the omicronometer of panic in a minute. So do stay tuned for that. But while you say that it's in lots of different countries, a country that has quite a lot of data on it so far is South Africa. And so the world's really looking to them for a bit of some clues as to what to expect with this new variant, just how bad it's going to be or whether it's going to fizzle out. And I suppose there's sort of three big questions. And we sort of talked about them a little bit last week. But Norman, I'd love us to kind of look through the data that we've had that's come out over the past week to see if we can see where it's headed in terms of things like does it escape immunity that we have if you've been infected before or you've been vaccinated is it better at spreading than delta like how does it compare there and sort of does it matter is the disease worse milder the same than what we've seen before with uh, previous variants of the coronavirus so i mean let's start at the beginning how effective is immunity, whether you've had it before or you've been vaccinated, against this variant? First thing I'll say is we should be very grateful to the South Africans who've got a very sophisticated research set up to look at these variants and study them and study the genomics of them and the patterns. So we know a lot about this thanks to South African scientists. Okay, so we do know there is a significant reinfection rate. And what we mean by that is people who've been infected with COVID-19 before what are their chances of being reinfected with the virus further down the track? So that's not vaccinated people. There is a preprint, and that means that it's a non-peer-reviewed paper that's come out of South Africa, looking at 2.7 million people who've been infected with SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus, prior to the end of August 2021. So they've been largely infected during the period of beta in South Africa, that's the South African variant really, and the delta period. And then they looked at at the rate of reinfections in the same group three months after the first one. So what they're finding is that Omicron has escaped immunity to a significant extent and it's about 2.4 times more likely to produce a reinfection in somebody who's got a prior immunity compared to wave one. So in other words, the first wave with the um, the ancestral virus. So there is antibody escape. But what about people who've been vaccinated not having had previous infection? There's only anecdotes so far. So you've heard of the two doctors who turned up in Israel who'd had uh, three doses, in fact, of their vaccine, and they still got infected. We just don't know yet about the extent to which it evades 
the vaccines. Were you talking infection or disease? It's a really important question, Tegan, and it's it's infection, it's not disease. We don't know yet about disease. What you will what I will say, and I'll come back to this a little bit later, about vaccines is we ask much less of vaccines to prevent disease than we do of infection. To prevent infection, the vaccine's got to produce a lot of antibodies to protect us. Whereas to prevent disease, it doesn't have to produce as many. So there may be a good news story in there with vaccines, which we might come to in a minute. So that's whether previous infection or vaccination protects you from being infected at all. What about this idea of how contagious Omicron is compared to Delta or previous variants? So again, we know most here from South Africa. So it's a very different population. But what we do know from South Africa is they had prior to Omicron their lowest level of COVID-19 that they'd ever had in the pandemic. And then it's gone from about 300 cases average a week to about 5,000 rolling average now. And it's gone from a 1% tense positivity rate to about 35% positivity rate in this particular province. And that's a bit of a clue as to how much is circulating that isn't being picked up by tests. That's right, because they're not testing as much as we do here. But you've got to tie this into what we just said about reinfection is this virus doesn't actually have to be a lot more contagious than the Delta virus to see a significant spike. Because if this virus has escaped immunity to a significant extent, as that study suggested, that preprint suggested, then the population to the virus looks as though it's non-immune. So you've got a vulnerable population into which it can go, irrespective of whether they've been infected before and perhaps irrespective of whether they've been vaccinated before. And that could cause your spike pretty much all on its own if it's just pretty much as contagious as Delta. And that's another thing that we don't know yet. So South Africa is a pretty has pretty different profile to Australia. We're very highly vaccinated here at the moment. How do we interpret what's happening there in an Australian context? That's a really important question for us. We're not that different from the South African population because a very high proportion of them have had COVID-19 or been immunised. And we've not very many of us have been have had the infection, but a large percentage of us have been immunised and quite recently, which means that we've got a reasonable level of antibodies. So it's too early to say, but it could mean that if it gets in, it would still spread, which really brings us to the third question. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like, how much does it really matter? Is it a worse disease or is it going to be, I mean, you early in the pandemic, Norman, you kept talking about turning COVID into the common cold. What do we know about Omicron? Well, there's no evidence either way yet. Comforting evidence from South Africa, which is that people seem to be in hospital for fewer days than they did with earlier variants. But that could just be a function of previous immunity, not necessarily the mildness of the virus. So there's nothing to say that this is a, more, this is a milder virus. It could simply be because it's moving into a population that's experienced COVID-19 before, either through vaccination or through previous infection. And therefore, when you get infected with this, this virus, you don't get a severe disease. So it's not a feature of the virus. It's a feature of us and our immunity. It's also very early in the piece with this variant. We talked a lot last year about the fact that the more severe disease sort of happens a couple of weeks into your infection often. That's right. But there are some worrying signs. So there's a spike in admissions of not to four-year-olds in parts of South Africa. And that's not well explained. Part of it might be that they're doing COVID testing on kids who are already in hospital for some other reason. Part of it may be a genuine spike and not four-year-olds, but that is a bit worrying at the moment at our level of ignorance. 
if they were coming in for other reasons, why wouldn't that have been happening during earlier waves if that's what they're comparing it to? Well, it could be that there's more Omicron around and what not four-year-olds by coincidence just happen to have more of it around. So in other words, this is a at this stage of the outbreak in South Africa, it's a young person's outbreak. So dominantly, it's young people who are getting infected. But in fact, what you're seeing as time goes on, older people getting infected as time goes on and also ending up in hospital. So you're absolutely right. This is a process in terms of the natural history of the disease. But this is worrying people in South Africa, the not to fours, and they can't really explain it at the moment. It really is worrying to us here in Australia as well. It sort of seems to have coincided with us basically reopening our borders. We were feeling really confident a couple of weeks ago with our high vaccination levels. Now we're hearing that there's this new variant. Maybe the vaccines don't work against it. Maybe it's, you know, happening in younger kids who can't yet be vaccinated. How worried are we at this stage, Norman? I think that we are still, we still should be pretty worried. It was mildly surprising that they did not change The advice about boosters in Australia, we're still waiting to six months and there were reports over the weekend that uh, some pharmacies are running the risk of throwing out vaccines and yet people are coming forward for earlier boosters. Remember, Moderna still hasn't, amazingly, still hasn't been approved for boosters where it's been approved overseas and is probably the more potent of the two vaccines for boosters, Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, Third doses are approved from two to six months, but we, the Atagi advice is stuck at six months and Internationally, people are saying, well, you really want to get these boosters in so that the antibody response is as high as it can be. So you've got the strongest immunity, both in antibodies and what we talked about last week, the T-cell response, as we can possibly get. Well, one thing that did change over the weekend was that the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, has approved provisionally Pfizer for 5 to 11-year-olds, which we were anticipating. It hasn't been recommended by Atagi yet, but it sounds like it could be as early as January that younger children are going to start getting vaccinated. Yeah, I think January 10th was one of the dates that was uh, that was mentioned. So yes, we're waiting on Otagi's advice there, but it sounds as if the Commonwealth's pretty committed to starting five to 11 year olds. And how much extra protection will that give us against Omicron and the other variants that are still circulating? Look, in a Delta world, getting five to 11 year olds immunised is great because it reduces the amount of circulating virus. And remember, Delta is still the dominant virus. There's no There's no indication yet that Omicron is going to take over it could, but there's no indication of that yet. It's going to give kids protective immunity against disease, which is going to be a good thing. And it looks as though that's likely to happen with uh, Omicron as well, although that's yet to be seen. But there is this worrying signal from South Africa and not four-year-olds in hospital, and that we've got to get to the bottom of that. But we're still not immunising not four-year-olds, and we won't be for some time yet because of the trial. You know, we just don't have the trial evidence for that yet. So it's good news for five to 11-year-olds, Hopefully it reduces the amount of virus and that by in turn will protect you know, littler kids. We've said it before, it bears repeating that it's still going to be weeks, maybe months before we know all that we need to know about Omicron to sort of make a value judgment about it. But for now, Norman, if we step towards the Dr. Norman Swan Omicronometer of panic uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you sitting in light of the information that's come out over the last week? Well, I think we left it at about... You're just over five the last time we spoke on Coronacast. I'm probably edging up a little bit, not down a little bit. Evidence on disease severity, not to four-year-olds. There's just more and more uncertainties emerging with this. I still haven't got to six, but I'm in the high fives. That's not what I want to hear. I thought we'd be chilling by the pool with our pina coladas by now. No, not yet. Not yet. This stupid podcast about a pandemic is just delivering bad news. What's what's the go with that? (laughs) Well... 
I've got the pina coladas on ice. Let's just hope. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's CoronaCast, but do check out the Health Report podcast feed tomorrow morning for that interview about that preprint study that we mentioned before. And, of course, your questions and comments anytime can be submitted at abc.net.au slash coronacast. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. <laughs>